The Holy Gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ, according to Matthew. Jesus said, When the Son of Man comes in his glory, and all the angels with him, then he will sit on the throne of his glory. All the nations will be gathered before him, and he will separate people one from another, as a shepherd separates the sheep from the goats. And he will put the sheep at his right hand, and the goats at his left Then the king will say to those at his right hand, Come, you that are blessed by my father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. For I was hungry, and you gave me food. I was thirsty, and you gave me something to drink. I was a stranger, and you welcomed me. I was naked, and you gave me clothing. I was sick, and you took care of me. I was in prison, and you visited me. Then the righteous will answer him, Lord, when was it that we saw you hungry and gave you food, or thirsty and gave you something to drink? And when was it that we saw you a stranger and welcomed you, or naked and gave you clothing? And when was it that we saw you sick or in prison and visited you? And the king will answer them, Truly I tell you, Just as you did it to one of the least of these who are members of my family, you did it to me. Then he will say to those at his left hand, you that are accursed, depart from me into the eternal fire prepared for the devil and his angels. For I was hungry and you gave me no food. I was thirsty and you gave me nothing to drink. I was a stranger And you did not welcome me naked and you did not give me clothing sick and in prison and you did not visit me. Then they also will answer, Lord, when was it that we saw you hungry or thirsty or a stranger or naked or sick or in prison and did not take care of you? Then he will answer them. Truly, I tell you, just as you did not do it to one of the least of these. You did not do it to me. And these will go away into eternal punishment, but the righteous into eternal life. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Christ. In the name of the Holy Trinity, one God. Amen. I was ordained to the priesthood on November 11th. And many of you will recognize that as Veterans Day. Uh, The the date was picked by my bishop. And I think uh, I I don't know to this day if he picked it, realizing that I was uh, a retiree from the Air Force or if he picked it because of the Saints Day. It's the Saints Day for uh, Martin of Tours. And as I have thought about Martin's life, I have thought about that in terms of my own life and my own Uh, connection with the military and with the church, and there have been some similarities. Martin is an amazing saint. He was uh, born in 316 in Hungary, and at the age of 15, he was was drafted into the the Roman army. He was very reluctant. He did not want to do that. 
uh, his father had been a cavalryman, and I think that's how he ended up being drafted. But he was a catechumen at the age of 15 when he was drafted, and that is he was preparing for baptism. And he believed that uh, military service was completely inconsistent with the life of a Christian. So Martin struggled with this whole idea of being part of the military, and he really resisted it for a long time, apparently. Uh, Finally, he left. But it always strikes me as being a bit ironic that uh, Martin is uh, seen as a patron saint for soldiers when, in fact, he was probably a conscientious objector. Martin was was an amazing person. He also was uh, he was a wonderful priest, so much so that the people of Tours wanted him to be their bishop. So they tricked him to come to Tours so that they could make him their bishop. And he didn't want to do it. And one story about him is that he actually hid in a barn with the geese. And when they found him, some of the people objected because they thought he didn't look much like a bishop. So Martin resisted also some calls to ministry. Well, I have uh, gone on retreat twice over my anniversary date. And the first time, it was probably four years ago when it was on the anniversary of my ordination. And I was hit by something that I I never expected Uh, during that retreat and specifically during the Eucharist on St. Martin's Day. I suddenly realized that my whole life had prepared me for this ministry. And I was stunned by that. And I realized that I had resisted being ordained from the time I was in my teens. I wanted to, but yet something about it, I resisted. I always felt a bit guilty about having resisted for so many years. And then I thought about the parish that I served in South Dakota and how much it was like This parish, in very unusual ways, I thought about the time I served with the bishop and how much I learned in that. And I realized that my whole life, in a sense, had prepared me for this particular ministry. I'm absolutely convinced of that. Now, I don't think God uh, puts us through various experiences. I think God honors our free will. But what God can do is use what we do with our life. Even those times when we think we're maybe going astray and can use those times for God's purposes. So that was the first retreat over my ordination date that really caught me up short. The second was a week ago. I was at the monastery and uh, once again, it was Martin of Tours and I was uh, at the Eucharist and the, the priest who was preaching Uh, talked about Martin's life and went through some of the things that I told you. And then he mentioned the thing that is perhaps most known about Martin, and that is the legend of the cloak. And it's very simple. Uh, Martin was a soldier in France, and he came upon a beggar who had very little to wear. So Martin cut his military cloak in half and gave half of it to the beggar. And then sometime later, Martin, in a dream, dreamed that Jesus spoke to the angels and said to the angels, Martin, who is still but a catechumen, clothe me with his robe. And Martin saw Jesus wearing half of his military cloak. Well, I tell you that story because it connects so much with what we hear in the gospel today. And I found as I've meditated more upon Martin's life 
that his life really is such an image for how we should be leading our lives in terms of seeing the need in another. And when that need crosses our path, we don't have to seek it out always. It crosses our path. And what we're called to is to simply respond in that moment. Well, the gospel story that we have today is uh, is an interesting one. Of course, this is Christ the King. It's also the last Sunday in the Christian year, year A for us. And the, the story begins with Jesus describing his return. And it's a glorious return with the angels. And then all the nations are gathered before him and he judges the, the nations. And then he says that he will separate the sheep from the goats. And uh, in, in, uh, in the first century, it was very common for goats and sheep to be in the same, uh, in the same uh, herd. I don't know if you call goats and sheep in herds. Anyway, the same group. And they had to separate them because the sheep could, were okay out in the cold at night. But the goats, because they didn't have that good wool all around them, had to be uh, sheltered better. So Jesus describes this as the separating of the sheep and the goats and those who end up on his right hand are those who have done all these good things to people in need. And then, of course, the others have not. Now, the interesting thing to me is that both groups are surprised. The ones who have been righteous and have done all these good deeds, they're surprised. And they say to Jesus, when did we clothe you? When did we feed you when you were hungry? When did we visit you when you were sick or in prison? And he says, when you did that to one of the least of my brothers or sisters, you did that for me. And, of course, the ones who were unrighteous, who had not done any of those things, were surprised, too, because they thought, apparently, that they had lived a good life. They could not understand why Jesus would separate them out. Well, judgment is a difficult thing, and we don't often talk about it in the church. But I think it's important for us to recognize that that is an aspect of God. There is an aspect of judgment. But with that judgment, we must also remember that this King of Kings is also Savior. He is the one who was crowned and mocked as King of the Jews. He is the one whose throne became the cross, and he is the one who now is at the right hand of God. So that is our God, and that is our Christ. It is the one who will judge. And the thing that, that I think this scripture helps us see is that we are judged for who we are, not necessarily for what we do, because what we do comes out of who we are. Good works are something that are a fruit of our faith. They're not something that we gin up in order to get into heaven. This is not about being good in order to get into heaven. Doing good is a fruit of faith. In other words, it's an outward sign of our faith and our relationship with Jesus Christ. I think it's easier for us to understand this if we think about it in terms of vocation. I know that many of you know people, and perhaps you yourself, are one that finds your vocation or your work so wonderful that you don't think about it in terms of a paycheck. 
that is that's really a gift. Uh, most days I can say that I feel that way. <laughs> I, I, I think perhaps the best image of this, though, is a farmer. I grew up on a farm. I knew a lot of farmers over the years. And as I think about the farmers here in Concord, those are people who farm because they are farmers and they don't want to do anything else. Some of them could sell their land and make a lot more money than they're making by being a farmer. But farmers farm because they're farmers, because they love that so much. And it is it's an expression of who they are. And I think what we see in this lesson is that the righteous don't know that they're doing good because it's simply who they are. They are simply doing what comes natural to them. And those who are unrighteous are simply doing what they are. And sometimes that's not so good. So I think that's one thing that we should take from this, that being a part of the kingdom of God, being one who who's life is found in Christ, who sees Christ at the center of the kingdom and who focuses on Christ as our goal to be Christ like. We don't think about doing good as a separate thing from just being who we are. I think inherent in uh, all of this is an understanding that there's something that happens to us when we say that we want to follow Jesus I think something happens. Our lives are transformed in a way that we may not even understand, in a way that changes everything for us. This past week at our Bible study, we talked about uh, the readings for today and the gospel in particular. And there's another aspect of this that I think is important for us to see, especially as we think in terms of kingship or the reign of Christ. The kingship that's described in this text is the opposite of the kind of kingship that the first century Christians were experiencing under the rule of Rome. And what's described here is a king that is identified so closely with the people who are in need that, in fact, he becomes one of them so that the hungry, the hungry are Christ, the king. The one without clothing, the one on the street, the one who's imprisoned wrongly. Christ the King is there. That is the King that we worship. And that is the kingdom that we are invited into. A kingdom where the poor are truly taken care of. A kingdom where we don't just think about the money that we can make, but we think about the life that we need to make so that the life of others is also enriched. Today, we have the privilege of baptizing Alice. <clears throat> and it's always wonderful, I think, when we can invite a, another child to come into this kingdom with this wonderful king that we worship. The other thing that's important, I think, in every baptism of a child especially, is a reminder to us that we don't earn this. We don't do anything that entitles us to the kingdom. To the love of God, it is simply a gift of the king. And that's what Alice is going to receive today. The gift of the king to be a part of his kingdom. And so we celebrate Christ the king. And we celebrate the one who is enthroned on a cross. 
now enthroned in heaven and now also enthroned in your heart and in mine. And my prayer for us is that we will see Martin as our example, that when we come across one in need, we don't have to think about it. We know what we're going to do. We're going to help them because we're helping the Christ. Amen.